Karina Castro was murdered in the street in front of her house last week on September 8th at about 11.50 a.m. Her estranged boyfriend, Rafa Solano, has been arrested for the murder. Hey everybody, welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Hello. How's it going? Well, it's going okay. <laughs> Antibiotics has kind of ruined my life, so oh, thanks. mostly down today, planning things that I want to make and do, but not mm. making and doing anything. Well, I've worked a lot, but gotcha. you know. However, Scott made pho for dinner because I wasn't feeling good, and it was awesome. So there's that. Nice, nice. Well, and just as we were getting ready to record, I could hear Katie's (laughs) puppy barking, and she said, Bruno, go bark somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. And Uh, and he seems to have done just that, actually, because we're not He really did. Here's what happens. I come in my office to record, and I shut the door. Mm-hmm. And our Corgi Bassett is really stuck to me. Mm-hmm. So she wants to come. So she, if I don't let her come in with me, uh, she lays in front of the door. And then the puppies pester the hell out of her to play with them. And then there's all this barking and, you know, snarling and situation going on right outside the door. Mm-hmm. Which would make you think, why don't you just let her come in with you? And, and why indeed? Except for that if she's too far behind me. And I wait for her to come in, then they come in too. And then I have another rodeo trying to make them leave. So can you see how I have a problem? I can. Yes, yes, I can. I actually have watched you try to wrangle this crew on leashes several times this summer. Yeah. Camp. And, and it's I a whole thing. Tell you all, it's high quality entertainment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a whole thing. So that's why. That's why yeah. it's not going I watched Katie's dogs sort of do their own version of the maypole with their leashes this summer and this weekend and around before you know it, they were yeah. all just sort of nubbed to each other it was pretty great <laughs> yeah. yeah they they're something <laughs> they they are something yes it's well they're cute for always it is this is our tuesday episode and i yes. believe we're kicking it off katie with a little bit of dna for the win yes All right, so this this lovely girl is Crystal Belsanowicz. And Crystal was murdered in Utah a long time ago. And her case was solved not too long ago. And so, and I had never heard of her murder before. So I felt Mm -hmm. like this was a really interesting case for us because uh, we know these places. Sure. So she went missing from Salt Lake City. Mm. She lived with her boyfriend. And his name was Chris. And she had gone, she was 17, and she was actually from Spokane. She'd been living in Utah for like maybe five months or so. Mm. And she was dating, yes, this boy called Chris and lived with him. Mm-hmm. The articles I have read said she either was a prostitute or it was suspected she was into prostitution. I'm going to tell you that because this was Utah, 
in the 80s, I'm going to hold this in really low regard. Because mm, if yeah. you weren't in, you were out, if you know what I mean, mm -hmm. to the local religion. And so if she wasn't, you know, your little, uh, you know, Molly Mormon churchgoer, she probably was seen as a, a, you know, a lady of the night. I mean, I know that seems dramatic, but I'm not wrong. Uh, you know, that's you're not. No, no. Well, she was living was. with her boyfriend. That was enough mm -hmm. to to get saddled with um, right. some very rude tags. Yeah. Now, not that I give a shit if she was a prostitute or not. That's fine. You know, I mean, I no judgment there. But it that just that label that just community. stuck hard with me. Yeah. Seems pretty typical. But at any rate, she was impersonating her half sister. So oh. she was going by her half-sister Tracy's name at the time. Oh. That was some real confusion because when she, she told Chris she was going out for food one night and she never came back. Oh. And he finally went out and searched up and down the street, went to the store that she said she was going to. Nobody had seen her. And the next day, some ranchers called the police and said that there was uh, – a deceased body of a female on the banks of the Provo River. Mm. And so uh, they went out there and discovered a young woman who had been beat to death with a rock. Oh, God. And she was naked. Her body was completely battered. Her shoulders and head were bleeding profusely. Uh, and the blows were so forceful that you could not make out a face. She was completely unrecognizable. Mm -hmm. So they did a really amazingly good job of gathering up forensics. They took the rocks oh, and wow. they got some uh, matter out from under her fingernails and it's stuff they have hung on to all these years. But when they finally, um, you know, Chris had reported her missing. And so poor Chris was just trying to, you know, do the right things. And mm -hmm. he identified her body. Mm -hmm. as Stacy. Oh. So then the police make contact with Stacy's family in Spokane and discover that Stacy is alive and well. But Crystal has moved to Salt Lake. So it was actually Crystal. Uh, um, she had two really distinctive tattoos and that's how they ended up, uh, you know, being able to make the decipher that. But then poor Chris was a suspect. Because he uh, identified her incorrectly. Oh. Chris didn't do shit. Uh, right. Neither did the cab driver that they really looked hard at. Also wasn't him. Mm -hmm. Well, they, for a long time, searched for her. What they say they did. I don't know. I'm having a hard time believing it. Except for that the same officer that was on the case in the first place actually was able to solve it. So I'm going to give him some oh. props. But in 2008, they sent the DNA in for more examination. You know, the tech had started catching up. Mm -hmm. Well, they detected a foreign DNA sample on the rocks. But it didn't match any pre-existing ones in the database. So mm. They kept going. In 2013, there was a new system, uh, and it's a DNA vacuum that can lift touch DNA from items. Mm -hmm. So they used this vacuum to get touch DNA off of the rocks, and they got actual workable DNA. Wow. 
So the DNA was a match to a man named Joseph Michael Simpson, who was already mm -hmm. in CODIS. So, of course, they can't arrest on that. They have to be sure, right? So right. they find him in Florida, and they put him under uh, surveillance, and they watch him toss a cigarette and take it. How many times? How many times? How many times? They get a hold of that, and indeed, it is Joseph. When Joseph murdered Crystal, he was on parole for an unrelated murder. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. uh, in court, he pleaded not guilty, but uh, he was found guilty of aggravated murder. So he was sentenced to life in prison. He is at present in the Central Utah Correctional Facility in Gunnison, Utah. Oh, wow. This is him. Wow. Yep. So for once, a perp that's still alive that actually gets prosecuted. Right. We don't see Always that very good. often. Yeah. But I'm so grateful for Crystal and for her family and for Stacy for that matter that, uh, you know, they were able to get some peace and actually find out who did this to her. Wow. Well, I mean, it sounds like he was just a, you know, your run of the mill sex offender and murderer. Right. It's sad to say that, but it's actually true. Mm -hmm. There are way more of them out there than I think any of us want to admit. I think so too. And and again, like this, there didn't, didn't seem to be any other motive than this is what he does. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. So there you have it. So DNA for the win. Yeah. Uh, interesting. The DNA vac. Mm -hmm. That's a piece of tech I hadn't heard about before, and it's been around since 2013. So where well, have I been? The, but... All of the work with touch DNA is pretty new. Really new. Really exciting. Really, yeah. Really helpful. Mm -hmm. Because we just don't realize we literally are shedding our DNA everywhere we go. Everything we do, everything mm -hmm. we touch or breathe on even sometimes uh -huh. is That's enough. A piece of us. Yep. Yep. That's kind of unsettling, but okay. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's weird because, like, none of it's visible, you know, but uh, it is happening. Mm -hmm. so it's, it's an interesting thought. It is. A note to, to self, I guess, if, you, uh, if you're if you a criminal, don't be throwing those cigarette butts wherever you go because uh, <laughs> that just might be your downfall or do. That, maybe do, actually. But That is so often how police get the corroborating DNA. It's just yeah, funny. For sure. So with that, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you to learn all about Karina Castro. Yes. So I'm going to just preface this with a bit of a warning. This is a very graphic murder. And um, I'm not going to go into huge detail of description, but it's a very graphic murder. So please just be aware if you are too sensitive for something like that feel free to scroll on you know i get it mm -hmm. um but i just thought i'd let you know so karina castro was murdered last week on september 8th of 2022 she was murdered about 11 50 a.m um this was uh in the bay area in california she was in out in front of her house at the time and her ex-boyfriend, who there had been a history of domestic violence, he there was a protection order against him. He came to her house. 
he opened the trunk of his car and pulled out a sword of some sort. Oh, dear God. And he beheaded her in the middle of the street, right in front of her house. Oh! Yeah, it, it was absolutely shocking to everybody in the community, first responders. This has been a really traumatic event. Also, she had very young children who were in the house at the time. Oh, they no. fortunately did not witness the murder, but they were present right there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, thank God they were safe. Yeah. So oh. according to family, um, there'd been quite a bit of domestic violence in this situation. And they had all been, you know, doing the thing that families all do and trying to get her to get away from this guy. And she was trying, you know, she had a protection order against him. Mm -hmm. She had ended her relationship with him. She was trying to move on. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, um, as does happen, uh, usually it's when, you know, a, a, a person who is being abused does try to make that separation in a relationship that is the most dangerous time for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Her ex-boyfriend, Rafa Solano, he left the scene of the murder briefly, and then he returned just in time for the police and the ambulance and everyone to show up. So they arrested him right there. He has a history of some pretty bad mental health problems, some pretty Mm -hmm. significant mental health problems. And so he is in jail Uh, They are seeking a psychiatric evaluation of him Mm -hmm. to determine whether he uh, can stand trial for her murder, Mm -hmm. whether he needs some hospitalization. Is he the father of her children? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Sorry. Carry on. (laughs) Oh, I was trying to remember. Her kids are little. 